Hello, friends, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the High Defamation Podcast. I am your host, Eric Bauer, and this is something that I have been laboring to bring to the interwebs for some time. You could say that it's been a labor of love. It's definitely an idea that's been in gestation for a good long while. Something that I've talked about, something that I've thought about a lot, especially over the course of 2018. If you're familiar at all with me or the sound of my voice, you might even be familiar with my face via YouTube. And up to this point, I've been content to go ahead and post videos based around musical themes, genres, artists, all in an effort to show off the physical format of music as well as in part why the music I talk about has an effect on me as a listener and an appreciator of the art for which I speak. That said, the YouTube channel has its drawbacks. And I feel like a podcast is the way to go ahead and overcome those drawbacks, or at least not see them on a regular basis. To that effect, I'm not even going to go ahead and uh, link out the YouTube channel. If you want to find it, it's not difficult to get on the internet and look it up. As far as this podcast is concerned, let me go ahead and lay out the intent. It's going to be a monthly series with me as your primary host. Does that mean that I'm going to be recording by myself every episode? No. Expect deep dives into particular artists, genres, roundtable discussions with other hosts, other folks for which I uh, have reached out to to lend a helping hand, playlists curated by myself, by others, that I DJ, essentially, for an hour, hour and a half. Who's to say? I'm going to try and keep the runtime on these in the 60-minute uh, range. Seems to be about par for the course as far as uh, podcasts are concerned. That said, let's go ahead and get into it. This is something uh, that I've been working on for a while even before I really started cementing the idea of this podcast, uh, I have put quite a lot of work into putting out a zine, which never came to fruition. And that's partly due to my own laziness, being lackadaisical, not really following through with my own ideas. However, several pieces for that zine were written, and this particular episode is going to be based off of what would have been the centerpiece, the central story of that first issue. I felt like a podcast was just as good a place as any to talk about it, and that way I can interject with the sides, and I'm going to plug in some music as well. Should be a good time, and I hope you all are ready for me to discuss the mighty Disclose from Japan. I remember the first time I ever heard Discharge, and you know, for as old as I am now, <laughs> that is not a small feat. The impact that that Stoke on Trent band carried into my life, retrospectively, it was more significant than the likes of Neurosis, who also bore a significant impact on the development of my musical preferences as a youngster and well into my adulthood. I could say the same about Amoebics. Nausea from New York City, even his heroes gone from Tennessee. It could even be said that without discharge, my appreciation of any of those other bands I just mentioned would probably be zero. And I expect that to likely be true for many. Uh, I'm not a snowflake, not special, not particularly unique. The world's pretty fucking small. Uh, and of that countless mass... It would be akin 
to heresy if I didn't mention disclose. Now to kind of exemplify the weight of the discharge sound on disclose as a band, I'm going to go ahead and play you a little something. It's a favorite of mine. City on the coast of Shikoku disclosed rapidly launched into their brand of discharge worship and they were led by the only constant member and the brainchild behind the band Hideki Kawakami in 1992. Now, they stood apart in my opinion from the scores of disbeat bands at the time and they were flag bearers for a new type of Japanese hardcore previously only hinted at by bands like Confuse or LSD, or asbestos. Uh, this time, Disclose as a band decided to forego the expected gizm idolization or deathside burning spirit imitators or the gauze clones that littered that scene. And to kind of paint you another more vivid picture than I could probably do justice with my insignificant, probably not elaborate enough words, I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, play you uh, what I think a lot of people look to as a penultimate gizm and death side tracks to illuminate more or less what the scene in Japan at the time sounded like. Tell 
Anthem by Gizm and To the End by Deathside. And if you're familiar at all with the Japanese scene throughout the 80s into the 90s, I think it's a safe blanket statement to say that both are pretty indicative of the sound. At the time the Disclose started making music. Rather than adhere to those tropes, however, uh, I think the Disclo rather towed the line of D-Beat by following more closely what was happening in a post anti cmex Scandinavian scene. Um, at the time, we're talking 1992 again, uh, being pushed to the brink by the likes of Disfear. Black uniforms had come and gone, but definitely had an impact totalitar. Stalwarts of the Scandinavian scene not just in Sweden, but outside as well, whether you're speaking in terms of the Norwegian hardcore bands that were out there, the Finnish hardcore bands that were out there. I could keep name dropping. Rather than do that, though, let me play you another track. the title track off of Totalitar's debut full-length uh, 
not debut piece of music. Any fan would know they had several EPs released prior between 86 and when that full length dropped. I'm not going to try and pronounce the title. That'll be about as uh, unobtainable uh, a pronunciation for me as obtaining a vinyl copy of said album. Uh, point being, uh, that's where a huge amount of the influence for that early disclosed material came from. However, while a lot of those bands in that Scandinavian scene, especially Sweden, into the 90s, uh, took to recording their albums fairly impeccably, to be totally honest, under the guidance of likes of Studio Fredman or Sunlight Studio. And if you're a death metal fan, you're very familiar with both of those studios. Disclose rather sought to release albums that pushed the boundaries of rawness to new and totally absurd lengths. Um, at worst, their stuff was unlistenable, uh, pushing distortion beyond realms of reason. Even that material, however, hints at what Disclose was morphing into as they continued making music. The earliest Disclose material uh, showed Kawakami to be a student of the D-beat in the truest sense. And this is w one of the early Disclosed tracks that I think is uh, a perfect example of that. Um, so let me go ahead and uh, hit that play button and uh, hopefully murder your ears. That was uh, the track Tragic Scene, which comes off of the Fear of the War tape that Disclose put out, uh, I want to say circa 1994. And the discharge worship is obvious. It would be foolish to say that it's not front and center throughout that entire track. Uh, but if not wholly innovative, Disclose was at least unabashedly enamored, not just by Bones guitar shredding or the guttural pitch of Cal's vocals, but also equally influenced by the DIY sensibilities of the American crust scene at the time. As with a lot of the musicians and a lot of the scenes out there that we're going to be looking into, Kawakami didn't just spearhead disclose. He was a fan of the music, first and foremost, and that's why he started the band in the first place. He was fully aware of the scenes unfolding in various parts of the world. Whether that be bands coming out of Brazil or Spain or Norway or Finland, it was on his radar. And we're going to go ahead and explore a couple of those American acts that I think, at least at some point in Disclose's catalog, played a part in influencing what Kawakami was writing at the time. Fuck from the sky, to the 
control respectively and I apologize that mass control cuts off pretty quick it's a direct rip from the Warpath EP that's the best I could do nonetheless another pair that paints a picture of the influences culled by Disclose at the time two tracks recorded at the t time what seemed a generation apart. Pushing the same envelope. Crucifix. Final warning, as I said. Christ on Parade. All influential. As well as more obscure bands from the U.S. Glycine Max. Again, Mass Control. As you just heard. Or Destroy. And I'd be remiss not to also list the bevy of European bands, again, as previously hinted, that held equal sway. Skit Slickers, Fader War, MG15. We're going to listen to an MG15 track. This is one of the most underrated, underappreciated DB bands from Europe, in my opinion, outside of the Scandinavian scene. Absolutely mandatory that you at least investigate this early material by this band. Luchar, luchar contra el poder Stop! 
That was Luchad Contra El Poder. A classic MG15 track, a classic DB track. An important track in further illustrating how deep this really goes. There are so many bands that had an influence on Kawakami's writing. I could continue listing names. Really, just go to the Disclose Discogs webpage and look over the list of splits and you'll get a better idea than I could possibly hope to instill in this podcast today. After several demos and EPs, Disclose released their first proper LP in 1994 and it was aptly titled Tragedy. It was a portrait of the band's tendencies at the time in the truest sense. It's a classic, in my opinion, obviously, and one that never deviates from the discharge formula in the slightest. It's raw, it's unhinged, and it denotes a band still finding their footing while paying respects to their elders. that track was Burned to Damage, again, picked off of the 1994 Tragedy LP. A stripped-down feral affair, and it's often unfairly mistaken as a derivative mess. Uh, the songwriting is actually razor sharp if you listen. There's a driving rhythm. And yes, there's even fucking hooks on the album. It's a record released by a maverick. Kawakami was only 23 years old at the time that came out. And now, in my opinion, stands as probably the greatest homage to Discharge since Victims of a Bomb Raid by Anti-Cemex. During the same year, Kawakami released his Bacteria project. This project was a 28-track demo of Harsh Stenchcore, which, albeit, is a ridiculous moniker. Appropriate, however. Inspired by uh, Fear of God, sore throat they're most savagely deranged uh, it was originally released by dan doe on limited cd in 2015 and then repressed in 2016 by rsr in germany it's equally essential when exploring this back catalog of music and while it's a esoteric cacophony of pure savagery it's distilled to its logical extreme and it's truly Noise not music. Let's give it a listen. (laughs) 
just an insane grinding assault of the audio senses. It's 28 tracks. I clock in at just over 16 minutes. And it's not easy listening. The ensuing years saw several more splits and EPs released under the Disclosed banner. All flying flags just as genuine and just as in debt to those early Clay Discharge releases. It was 2001 when Disclose unleashed a massive raw sound assault on MCR that they began morphing from a very derivative, albeit very fucking good DB band, to something of Kawakami's own invention. Firestorms off of the aforementioned EP. And while that EP abides by the rules of D-Beat, it sees the songwriting streamlined and finessed beyond any of Kawakami's peers in Japan or abroad. The solos, well, they soar rather than sound calculated, and the bass writing took on new levels of unglued rhythmic sequencing with Kawakami's trademark by that time guitar tone that mocked the Scandinavian buzzsaw sound popularized by bands like Wolfpack, Skit System, Disfear mentioned again.
was Zone Tripper by Wolfpack. And I put it on here to contrast what Disclose were doing at the time compared to what other bands of that ilk were doing elsewhere. Not specific to Scandinavia, but common enough. It's also a fucking rad track, and you should listen to Wolfpack all day. Regardless, the EP by Disclose was a landmark of D-Beat. As brutal, if not more so, uh, as that initial statement made by the band nine years earlier. There was no slouching to be had the years following either. 2002 saw Kawakami and company release the Apocalypse of Death EP, which ushered in an entirely new era of Disclose. At this point, the influence of GBH's more off-the-rails material, and uh, especially the melodic, metallic counterpoint to Discharge's Din and Ruckus, Broken Fucking Bones, played a huge role in shaping Kawakami's musical landscape. off a of Broken Bones album of the same name. To say it was Bones' guitar tendencies that captured Kawakami's interest the entire span of the Disclosed project was made entirely evident with this raw masterpiece, Apocalypse of Death. A visceral noodling opus in its equal parts solo as it is unchained rhythmic spasms of Les Paul butchery. And it was also the cleanest, in my opinion, that Disclose ever sounded. Take a listen.
That track was But Still Work, Victims of the Mine, off of the Apocalypse of Death EP, and in my opinion, the standout track on an EP full of standout tracks. Absolutely destructive. Leading into 2004, Disclose released several more EPs of Disc Bones Crushers, uh, emphatically mimicking the caterwaul of Broken Bones Come Discharge. But the highlight was undeniably yesterday's fairy tale, Tomorrow's Nightmare. Their full length recorded in 2003. Uh, originally, those tracks appeared on a compilation released by Dando in Japan called Tarot Rhythm and uh, featured other bands like Contrast Attitude, Konga Fury, and It's You. All three great bands uh, from that scene at the time. Uh, Konga Fury, especially worth looking into. Contrast Attitude, uh, another standout for sure. Uh, it was also released by Game of the Arseholes on vinyl in 2004 and has since been re-released uh, by, I believe, La Via SN Muse, if I'm not mistaken. And pronunciation, again, terrible. So, apologies there. Uh, it perfected the disc bones aura that Kawakami had put upon his shoulders and in my opinion, brought new inventiveness to the Disclosed formula. The reworking of the track War Dead, which was originally on the Apocalypse of Death EP, uh, should be statement enough that Kawakami was working on a totally other plane than similar D-beat auteurs of the time. It's an epic track, accentuated by a never-ending solo and exasperated ravings and stark hollering. More of a chant or incantation than punk rock song, and few other bands of the genre have attempted songs of such length to any success. I'm going to go ahead and play a fragment because the track itself is 10 minutes long. It's pretty imposing, uh, but I want to give you an idea of what kind of plane Kawakami was working on at the time. So enjoy.
Again, that was the track War Dead off of yesterday's fairy tale, Tomorrow's Nightmare. And to echo my previous sentiments, an epic anthem, savage, brutal, catchy, and absolutely a mandatory piece of Disclose's musical history. It was also 2004, which saw Kawakami and company conspire with several folks in the U.S. to finally do an American tour. And that tour historically began badly uh, from the outset. Openers Frampted, another band from Japan, also fucking outstanding. Highly recommend digging into their catalog. Uh, they were unable to enter the United States, but after some scrambling, organizers were able to set up the band No Fucker from New York to accompany Disclose. There was a preemptive split release with Frampted entitled Chainsaw Split 04, which saw highlights from both bands. And the tour that did occur also saw a split materialize between Kawakami and No Fucker as well. As excellent as everything was during this era of Disclose, the apex of Disbones, in my mind, uh, can be attributed equally to the split with Japan's Gates or the Cruelty Split. If you're unfamiliar with Gates, they're another Japanese act, and I'm going to go ahead and play you one of their tracks, unrelated to any collaboration with Disclose, but something I feel like my listeners ought to hear. <laughs> the track Demon Crusade by Gates and it appeared on the Metal Skull Split LP released in 2003. Uh, Gates, which stands for God Admires the Evil Soul, uh, features members of other Japanese bands including Life, Church of Misery, Sabbath, and Metal Lucifer and the heavy metal influence of those bands is evident in the latter disclosed material as personified by the track I'm about to play from Disclose off of their split with Gates.
That was nuclear hell. Off of that gate split. A track that is relentless, but controlled. Barbaric, yet refined. A dichotomy that Disclose embraced on almost all of their latter-day recordings. That was also personified just as well by the latter split with Cruelty. Cruelty was a band formed in 2005 by Jim Whiteley. He was a one-time member of Doom and also played with bands as esteemed as Extinction of Mankind. And as an aside, Extinction of Mankind released an album in 2018. Definitely worth listening to. Uh, Napalm Death, Ripcord, Prophecy of Doom. Again, not to overstate what I've already said, that kind of pedigree is personified by the Disclosed material on the EP, which is, first and foremost, more captivating than they had ever been. charged and malcontent savage salvos of war-ridden rage pummel the listener on both the records with a playing field so level it's hard to choose a favorite between the two splits the end of this era also signifies a time when kawakami became even more experimental while he had tried his hand at the harsh noise inspired by early uk grind and bacteria he was toying with drone and black metal leading into 2007 he had a couple side projects both equally hard to come by, whether you're browsing Discogs, almost impossible if you're out in the real world. Uh, one entitled Goat Worshipper and the other entitled Black Goat. Uh, both projects, I believe, were somewhat interchangeable in that those were simply the monikers that he gave himself. I'm going to go ahead and insert fragments from both projects as they each had an album. And bear in mind, it's not musical in the slightest. It's drone. It's harsh noise. Uh, Grey Wolves inspired. Madness. And not easy listening.
while both Goat Worshipper and Black Goat push the envelope of the boundaries of sound, especially in terms of the music that Kawakami had written beforehand, they contrast each other well. The Goat Worshipper toying with a lot more ambience and sonic texture whereas the black goat is just a harsh assault of the senses I only stuck in a 30 second fragment of that black goat material um, I don't want to blow out your eardrums before this uh, podcast is over it's tragic that they weren't further explored and also tragic in that it signified the final disclosed material. And tragic in that 2007 was the year Kawakami died at just 36. Now I'm not going to get into the hows or the whys because better and more knowledgeable people than I am already have. People better suited to eulogize because they knew Kawakami on a personal level that I never did. Although I feel that the wavelength that he was on intrinsically matched my exploration into music. I won't say that I've never felt his sense of wonder with his chosen medium or his desire to explore beyond the boundaries of D-beat, crust, and ultimately just punk rock. His meticulousness has always been a highlight as well as a facet of my love for this fucking noise. I can't help but feel sentimental when I look back at such a distinct and phenomenally consistent body of work, regardless of the genre. As I've said previously, the discography that Kawakami left behind is massive. And it's one worth diving deep into. Pay your respects, folks.
That was Love Struck by Crucified by the Kakami. Off of their split with Insane Youth. And that was a uh, another side project of Hideki Kawakami's. Sadly short-lived. Now, if you've made it this far into the podcast, I want to thank you for listening. And I want to preemptively thank you for any shout-outs that you might decide to throw my way on social media or any positive reviews that you might write wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. This should be available on all the standard podcast platforms. And expect new episodes the first Saturday of every month. More deep dives, roundtable discussions. I have a lot of stuff planned, and it's going to be a good time. I look forward to bringing you more content. In the meantime, again, thank you. High Defamation, signing out.